Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. I am your host today, uh, Ian, and I'm here with Brian. Hi there. And Robert. Hello. Hello. Fantastic. How are we doing today, guys? We good? Yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Re- really good, yeah. The sun is Fantastic. almost shining at the moment, so... Oh, I see. You've got better weather than me. It's gloomy here. It's been raining. There you go. I mean, I've... I've, I've... <laughs> I've drawn, I've drawn a better car than, than you. Yeah. We're <laughs> straight into a yeah. film podcast and we're talking about weather. Uh, yeah. We're British, <laughs> aren't we? We talk about it's, weather, don't we? It's always weather. Yeah. Well, we're here today. We're not talking about the weather today. We're talking about <laughs> a perhaps uh, divisive uh, studio. Uh, I've heard some very mixed opinions on this leading up to this podcast itself. But a studio that I have personally quite a lot of time for is DreamWorks Animation. Uh, So we're going to be discussing their catalogue, our thoughts on it, and how we feel. But as I said, moving into this podcast, I found that it was quite a divisive studio. And I thought, quite shockingly, I was actually shocked by people's responses to uh, DreamWorks. But what I'm interested to hear is what you guys think. So Brian, if you you jump us in, you're on on top of my list on my screen today. Uh, So last week you were at the bottom, so this week you're going to be at the top. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Uh, So yeah, jump in. Let us know what you think of DreamWorks. I mean, I like DreamWorks. You know, they started making films around the same time as Pixar, which as we know is the subsidiary of Walt Disney. And it created this fantastic duel. As the old adage goes, competition breeds champions. And mm-hmm. they've both made some really good films over the years. But I've got a sneaking preference for DreamWorks. Mm. You know, Pixar are forensically good at what they do. But DreamWorks mm. seem a bit looser. They let it all hang out a bit more, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> Having said that, though, I think it's sometimes difficult to tell the two of them apart, really. Mm-hmm. Because, as I say, they're very proficient. They're very skilled. But... Mm-hmm. Um, there's no distinctive motif between the two, but when I do see a distinction, it's, it's DreamWorks have that kind of slightly funkier approach mm. to making mm. films, really. You know, it's interesting that. And uh, it's interesting you bring up about them at a similar time as DreamWorks, um, as Pixar, sorry. Because mm. uh, obviously the roots of DreamWorks are in this place where you've got Jeffrey Katzenberger. Uh, a former Disney executive leaving yeah. to create DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg and David Geffen. And you look at 
there's almost like a rivalry brewed from perhaps a resentment and a, a arguments between uh, Jeffrey Katzenberger and I think Michael Eisner at the mm. time. And you have this level of like, I think the biggest example of that even starting out was Ants and, and uh, Bugs Life, which we can obviously go into. Mm. And there is an element of looking at those two um, companies side by side. But yeah, I agree with you a lot there. I, I think I have a lot of time. I perhaps don't like them more than Pixar or at least Disney animation, but they certainly have like a catalogue with merit. Mm. Um, but perhaps some more duds that we can talk about. I mean, Robert, what do you think? What Do you agree with uh, Brian there or do you have a bit of a different opinion? Uh, so I, I kind of have like a similar thing. Like, like similarly to Pixar, they've made a lot of films that I've grown up with, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can name, like, several of these films that, like, you know, I saw as a kid and, you know, like, stay, and that stayed with me a lot. But, like, at the same time, though, it, I'm, but in terms of actual quality, they are kind of hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And they have made a lot of films that I just kind of didn't really care, care to see and, mm-hmm. like, maybe even watched and didn't really like that much. But they have made quite a few that are genuinely really good and that do, I feel, rival Pixar. Mm-hmm. In ter- and in some cases, you could argue are maybe even better than certain Pixar films. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, interestingly enough, is more when they like decide to continue a series. Like, mm. weirdly enough, I've kind of noticed that like they sort of have this um, kind of like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And yeah, that's a good way films. of describing and it. On, and on the one hand, you do have like several movies that were just sort of made and just kind of thrown out there. But you also have certain films that like went on to become a series, and mm. even if they couldn't quite maintain that quality, you can kind of still tell that the reason why they became a series is because the first one was good and strong enough to where you could genuinely continue it and give it, you know, a follow up. Whereas mm. you know stuff like Turbo, which didn't get a sequel, you know, I wanted to explore it and it didn't get great reviews or anything like that. Mm. Stuff like Shrek, stuff like Kung Fu Panda, stuff like House Train Dragon all of those films were so good that they kind of warranted sequels, you know? Mm. So yeah, they, yeah, that's, that's kind of sort of what I'd say. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good uh, view of it really. I mean, it, it, it does, when you describe it like that, it does feel like they kind of have perhaps a big writing room and just allow people to just throw these ideas out and some of them land, some of them don't. It's interesting you bring up Turbo because Turbo is one that I actually really dislike immensely. Um, But it's actually not got the worst reviews. But of course, we can delve into that now. We can explore those sort of like products. I think the one that stands out the most though, and it's one that, you know, we've had many of, it's the one that they've made the most films of as well. And I think they've got ones in production uh, is Shrek you know and it's the one that stands out highest it, particularly with that discussion that you were saying there Brian about yeah. rivalry with mm. disney that film almost immediately starts with a massive like fu to disney really because yeah. it has that beginning like oh and the princess will find her prince and he's like as if that's ever going to happen and then yeah. uses the book as toilet paper it yeah. does feel that it's almost immediately like putting itself at odds with that traditional Disney animation princess mm. story and going forward it kind of like sets up you know the the dreamworks sort of uh, style as it were trying to f- look at something as you were saying Robert against the wall looking at things that are completely different uh, some of them will stick some of them won't so i mean i i love shrek and shrek 2 but unfortunately that i feel that franchise slips um what what do you guys think you know i mean brian jump in or, or yeah, robert what, I, do you think shrek's a good one yeah I, I, mean, look, I think shrek was always going to be a very strong brand for dreamworks mm. and i thought shrek one and two were very good but I, I think i think it is really a case of running out of ideas the more you run with an idea mm. the more you, you lose impetus i think whilst mm-hmm. they, they would they would make money it's the it's the it's what rules isn't it eh? that you can have a, a film series and you think, right, how far can we stretch this? But mm. I, think, I think it was obvious with Shrek, it was going to be a massive hit and it, yeah. it had legs, right? But I don't think it's the best thing they've done necessarily. Interesting. But Which, what is your favourite one? What's my favourite? I think my favourite is Shark Tale. <laughs> That's your favourite one? <laughs> yeah, it is. I t- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Shark Tale is my favourite. It's a great cast. Right. Not only have you got Will Smith, Angelina Jolie, 
and Renny Solwiger, but you've got De Niro and you've got Scorsese <laughs> and Christopher Imperio. Is this? I'm still taking a minute. Is this a joke? Or are you no, being serious? No, I'm being serious. <laughs> I like Chartel. It's a great soundtrack. I mean, look, it's not the best DreamWorks film. The best okay. dream. Now let's talk about definitions, right? The best dream. <laughs> the best dream. Now behave yourself. Look, I, I'm, tra- I'm having to hold my tongue, mate. No, I, no. I, me and you. I mean, if we've got that one listener who's watched, uh, who's listened to us the whole time, people know me and you have very different opinions on films. I just well, didn't expect you to say Shark Tale. Well, it really well, it took me. Would be disappointing field. if we thought the same, mate. Eh? Well, it would be. It would be disappointing. But, but that just completely sidelined. No, I, look, I, I liked. I liked Shark Tale. I think it was great. Light, light-hearted entertainment. I loved the way they lifted the mafia storyline story out. Um, <laughs> it was just great fun. But it's not the best film. I mean, okay. The best film they've made, in my opinion, is probably How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. Which okay. I think was stunning. An outstanding okay. piece of filmmaking. An animated action picture. It's very yeah. difficult to pull off. But, it is. But, you know, bottom line, I'm talking, I'm, suppose I'm thinking about entertainment. What was it you Fair didn't enough. like? Balance has been restored for a second what? there. I was like, thank God he said that. Yeah, <laughs> what was it you didn't like about Shark Tale then? No, oh, do you know what? It's not that I didn't like Shark Tale. It really isn't. Like, I actually, of all the ones, like, building up to this, we, it, it came up Shark Tale. And obviously, Shark Tale, I believe, as Robert pointed out in our discussion, is like one of the lowest rated ones, mm. if not the lowest. I don't think that's fair. I think it's 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 better than Turbo. I really didn't like that film, and I think it's also better than Shrek the Third, which I just yeah. thought was rubbish. I wasn't keen on Turbo. Either, no, actually, it's it's fun. Shark Tales an entertaining film. It obviously is another one of our examples of you know Pixar, DreamWorks rivalry, mm. Finding Nemo, Shark Tale. Finding Nemo is obviously the far superior film, but I have fun with Shark Tale. I just, it just, I didn't really, when you said it was my favorite one, I really didn't see that being the one that you were going to say my favorite. Like, I enjoyed Shark Tale, but like, How to Train Your Dragon, I, I, that is probably, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is probably my favorite one. Like, that's probably my favorite one they've done. I think that's a great film. But the point there, though, Ian, is that your favorite film might not necessarily be the best. That's true. That's true. It's what you get from it, isn't it? Yeah. What's, what's, um, what's your favorite, Robert? Oh, what's my favourite? Okay, yeah. well, well, there was a lot that I wanted to say there, um, mm. but um, but but just to start out with the question that you just asked me, um, yeah, in ter- in terms of my favourite, I mean that's that's kind of hard. That's that's hard to choose. I would say, uh, like, it is probably like like you said, Brian, a bit of a split between like personal favourite and mm. like best. Mm. Um, if huh, yeah, if I to if if, if oh that that's that that that's kind of hard. I I don't know if I can pick. Okay. In 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 time, I I don't know. I guess in terms of their best, I mean, I I'd say it's somewhat. It's split up between, How to Train Your Dragon two, Kung Fu mm. Panda two, and the mm-hmm. first two Shrek films. Yeah, I would I say that those are all both. I would put them in the category of best, mm-hmm. and also kind of favorite as well. Yeah. You know, I think so. So 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 to so to like say stuff about all of them. I mean. Well, well, not all of them, but a couple of them. Like so, um, so you started out with Shrek, right? Right. Um, I rewatched both of those films, and they hold up very, very well. Like on the one hand, you can see like the sort of the take that to Disney the, those elements, but the film, but both of the films aren't like like mean spirited or anything. Both of them actually have quite a lot of heart and a lot of genuine drama. And, you know, like, even though there are, like, obviously what a lot of people recognized was the, like, kind of anachronistic stuff and the modern references and the kind of in the, like, you know, funny subversion of, like, fairy tales. But in reality, both of those movies are actually very intelligent and they have genuinely well-fleshed-out characters that, you know, do go on interesting, like, conflicts and do have great... um developed relationships with each other i mean especially if you look at the first one you know the entire relationship between shrek and donkey is actually a very very like heartfelt one even though it kind of adheres to the same like kind of comedic conventions of the person who of the straight man who's annoyed by the fast talker you know even then it's like there's still a lot of characterization with both of them Uh, the same goes for shrek and fiona fiona gets a lot of development in the first shrek film and it, and it's and, and both those films are just very very well put together mm-hmm. they're both like really well animated they hold up today mm-hmm. um they have great soundtracks uh they have great um 
I, I would even say like great editing, like both of them just like, obviously they're just your standard like 90 minute lengths, but both of them just kind of go by very, very quickly and they're very tight and well done. I feel. Mm. Yeah, no, I think the, 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 the first one completely that is, you're very right with that editing aspect of it. It's a very tight film and it's also made for a very low budget, you know, and it looks mm-hmm. great. It's still, I think the animation of it still holds up, you know, it still looks a little bit older than say some of the things that we're seeing now, for example, from the same uh, uh, company from DreamWorks, How to Train Your Dragon obviously looks fantastic. Like it looks stunning, but Shrek still looks really great. You know, it still holds up very, very well. And I think that's true. You know, I think they have, like, looking through their catalogue, they have those standout performances. Shrek is one that definitely stands out with Shrek 2. And, you know, uh, Kung Fu Panda is one that you've mentioned. It's almost as if, like, they have for these generations coming in a different sort of property that stands out for each person growing up with them. And I grew up with Shrek, and I thought Shrek was great. And then, obviously, Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon now for newer generations really stand out as well. And yeah, they so, do so really I would say, so, so, uh, uh, sorry to oh. interrupt, but I would okay. just say, so so Kung Fu Panda was that for me. Was but both Shrek and Kung Fu Panda was that for me? Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda kind of arrived a bit later on, but that was that for me. How to Train Your mm. Dragon is very much more for the older mm. me, the, the 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 me that kind of like grew up and then eventually you know became an adult. That that's more for that. Mm. And Kung Fu Panda was kind of in the middle, and Shrek was definitely childhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was saying. You know, you have that ch- childhood element, and it, How to Train Your Dragon. For a kid's film, I guess, and I always hate that terminology, or oh, it's good for a kid's film. But, you know, How to Train Your Dragon, I feel, really stands out, like, amongst its peers, you know, standing out amongst other, you know, Disney properties as well. It has a very mature content to it, particularly the second one. The second one really blew me away, actually. Um, it, it was one that I was like, wow, that is, that's really great. They do weirdly, and perhaps, Brian, you, you might have a different opinion to this, but I, I, I feel like, because you're saying you prefer mm. the DreamWorks from Disney, mm. but it does, they have a lot of films that I'm like, man, that is weirdly coming out at the same time as a film that I rate incredibly highly mm. with How to Train Your Dragon. But once I'm like, that's completely, like, part, um, just would be disposable, that's the word. Mm. Like, the one that I'm thinking of with How to Train Dragon is, like, The Boss Baby. What what is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do see what you what you get getting at. I mean, I mm. I think in some ways though that um, how to train your dragon. I mean, we generally think that animated features are for children because it's mm. animated. It must be for kids. But mm. I think in, in some ways, how to train your dragon is more. I wouldn't say necessarily for grown ups because look, we're all kids at heart. But you know, mm. some parts of it are actually quite. Um, I wouldn't say scary, but more, more intense. From, yeah, intense. intense. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. They're quite mm. intense, aren't they? Really, and mm-hmm. it's because it's an animated feature. I don't necessarily feel it gravitates towards kids as much mm. as say Kung Fu Panda would do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, definitely. So I think it's a, it's a, there's an interesting sort of dynamic there because you you just assume that it must be for kids because it's animated, and I think some of them I suppose are more grown up than others if you look mm. at their their work. And I think How to Train Your Dragon is more for the top end mm-hmm. of childhood mm-hmm. or for adults, but others are just purely for kids. Now I mean Shark Tale, another excuse to bring it up. <laughs> You're swinging back well, to Shark Tale. Yeah, um, Shark Tale, that's purely for kids. You know, yeah. just for kids. But but then you say that, but the whole mafia stuff, kids aren't going to understand that, right? No, no, that's true. But then again, though, I suppose that's the element of the film that's going to going to hook into an adult more. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um. I so what I'd say so it, so that's a good point to kind of bring up, especially that, that 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 specific film. So on the one hand, like um, there are some like DreamWorks films that like. I felt kind of had that element of surprise. Like to give you an example, like I never, I never really paid attention to this when I was like a kid. Cause I was just a kid, but like the marketing for Kung Fu Panda was very much more, it felt like a joke film. It felt mm. like still like, Oh, isn't this funny? You know, here's this like fat panda and he's trying to learn Kung Fu. Isn't this going to on wacky hijinks going to ensue. But the thing that was so great about that film was that it actually was a genuinely, um, like emotionally resonant weirdly like i would say thematically deep movie Mm. about you know like poe this panda basically like learning to become the dragon warrior and 
he and and there's genuine drama in the film and it's all related to like his own story and it's all taken very very seriously you know even though there's humor in it it's still taken seriously and you see that in his character you see that in a lot of other characters in that film as well like the master shifu character or even mm. the main villain tai lung it's like there is actual like drama done with them they they weren't content to just make like a joke film mm-hmm. no, they actually wanted to make every a uh, proper film mm-hmm. um but then you get something like shark tale which no like, i i i i i think much worse of this of that film than both of you guys <laughs> Don't um, um, then, yeah no, I, I, watched it. I, I was willing to give it a chance you know i <laughs> was but yeah watching it i can see why it's it's not very good and i think part <laughs> of the reason why that is is because like it's it, it, it's a film that just like it can't i don't think that film can really work out who it's aimed at yeah like ob- like i can't really say it's either aimed at either kids or adults because it just it just never really decides mm. it kind of it has a lot of elements in it that seem like they're aimed at adults like with the mm. whole like homage to scorsese movies but it's not an adult film. It doesn't have, it has a couple of dramatic scenes, but largely speaking, it just sort of feels like it, 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 it's not a complex film at all. It's not like. It tonally it, has very, it doesn't keep its tone throughout in terms of like, as you say, like it's very all over the place, isn't it? Do you think yeah, it- yeah, yeah. And it just sort of, in, and it, and it just kind of has this feeling of like, you know, like, okay, what's the point? Like, you know, like, all right, you're giving me this story, but like, what am I supposed to get away from it? You know, like what, what message am I supposed to take from mm. it? it? It really, especially undone oh. by the main character as well. Yeah, that's character. true. Well, let's ask Brian as it's his favorite film. What <laughs> did you get from it? As it's your favorite film of all time. What did you get from it, Brian? I, look, I, well, I wouldn't say of all time. Within dream, within the dream, DreamWorks uh, uh, panorama, shall we say. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, th- I think it was very entertaining. I don't really feel there, there was a message mm. to be gained. It's purely visual. It's fun. It's knockabout. I, I just wonder whether it was a mistake, trying, mm. to, trying to be totally objective about it, um, whether it was a mistake to make the characters look like the actors they were playing. Oh, for, God, yeah. For example, mm. Sykes, played by Scorsese, they gave him the thick eyebrows, didn't they? And mm. they obviously wanted to make Oscar look like Will Smith, which they did mm. do, and they made Angela Lena Jolie's character look like her. I wonder whether that was a mistake, really, to try mm. and humanise the characters yeah, in the films too much. Was that a mistake, do we think? Well, I was cringing every time they did a close-up of Oscar. I was like looking away from the screen because yeah. it was so ugly to look it's at. It's very weird, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. very strange. I wasn't, I wasn't particularly concerned about that, but I can see why it would be an issue. Right? It, when I was a kid, I, I think it didn't bother me as much. Like, I, I remember I had Shark Tale on DVD as a kid, and I watched it quite a bit i'll admit but i put that down to being a child and stupid so (laughs) i i i have a good time with it but it definitely i think i agree with you robert it just doesn't have like tonally like a a set tone throughout all of it that can set the film up like finding nemo to compare it because they they are at at similar times and they're Mm -hmm. examples of films that are like together and uh, dreamworks versus pixar Finding Nemo has a fantastic tone throughout of it. It really sets its tone and it stays with that. Whereas Shark Tale almost has this pop cultural references in your face and it almost kind of goes, well, that's enough for us to entertain adults and the kids will just shove in anything else to be able to get through it. And I still think it's better than uh, Turbo. I think that's actually their worst one. I thought Turbo was terrible. But it, it just doesn't, it doesn't get past that mark of being like a really great animation film, Shark Tale, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, it's probably, I mean, to be absolutely fair, it's, I've, I've already, already said it's not the best film they've made, not by a mm. long shot. Well, no, it, I thought you said it was the greatest film of all time. No, Jay, <laughs> <laughs> you But, you know, I, as I say, being slightly objective, there are, there are issues with it, as, as mm. we've already described. But, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know. But they, the, the thing with the adult themes, though, it's, it's, it's interesting we've all kind of touched upon that in all of the films we're talking about and particularly with their first picture you know their first one they released 
Ants coming out. Ants coming out and it being... Because there's a whole controversy with Ants. It was meant to come out far earlier than the date that it was, but they moved it forward to then try and compete uh, to get out before Bugs Life. And then they brought out Prince of Egypt, which I actually really enjoyed Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I like that, actually. It's really good. I really like that film. Ants... um, I actually really prefer Ants to Bugs Life. And it's because of the more, perhaps, adult themes in it that I enjoy it more than Bugs Life. Like, Bugs Life, for me, kind of what... It's not, obviously, like Shark Tale, but kind of in a similar way, I have a feeling of it being a bit superfluous. Whereas Ants, I really, really, really enjoy Ants because it has a lot more to say um, as a film. It has it has very interesting conversations about, like, you know, the, the structure of society and, like, belonging. And I thought it was really interesting it's, film. I mean... Do you agree or do you disagree? Yeah, I, I think Ants is, is, is very good. And I think for mm. its debut, it was, was a very strong beginning for them. But mm-hmm. it's, it's actually quite dark and it, I found it quite it's serious. Really yeah. Quite serious as well, which is not what you'd expect of an animated feature. But, but you know, making films is all about breaking the rules, right? So there's no mm. reason why you should stick to that convention when you're making mm-hmm. an animated feature. I thought it was very good, but unusual. It kind of broke the mold slightly i think with mm-hmm. what we would mm-hmm. traditionally expect from an animated feature but it was very strong though i think mm. what do you think rob oh uh, so I, I i saw it when i was a kid but i don't really have good memory of it i think i remember the climax of that film but you know mm. I, I didn't like go back and rewatch and uh, rewatch it um and but yeah but, but in terms of the earlier ones uh, one that i did rewatch, well well, well no no, no I, I i didn't seen it before so i watched it for the first time uh, it was a uh, spirit um stallion mm. of the chameleon mm. i mean, that's how you say it um which i watched and w- was actually very surprised by because it was very anti-dreamworks like it was mm. or at least it's it's anti like the stereotype of what people thought dreamworks was in the early 2000s you know it was very much like it was it was just about this horse just surviving like a terrible experience you know of being taken away from his herd and then you know having to try and find his way back mm. and it's pure and for the most part like it's i mean there is dialogue in the film but spirit himself is a non-verbal character he doesn't speak mm. um it's it's set in what you could deem to be a realistic world with like slight like exaggerated elements but still realistic it's set during like you know the the like i don't know 1800s i think like when you know like ne- when the native american like genocide was taking place because mm. you see these scenes of like you know like these sold these civil war-esque soldiers you know like coming to this like native american camp and trying to like and trying to like you know kill them and stuff and the native american ends up befriending the horse and stuff and it's kind of like the horse spirit and yeah and you know it's a very it's a like spirit is a really great endearing character mm. uh, it's a very it's like it's a really well animated film even with the little bits of like 3d animation that they throw in um it's got a lot of emotion to it it's mm-hmm. definitely it, it again it is darker it, it is a bit darker just because it does have that slightly more realistic bend mm. but you know it's i mean it's still the kind of thing that like a kid could potentially enjoy um yeah it's and there were a lot of brian adams songs as as well which i didn't expect but you know they were really good because brian adams is a really good composer of music yeah Yeah. it's an interesting one you mentioned uh spirit and it being different to their catalog in that that bunch i actually when i saw spirit and uh linking back to ants when we like to link back to that um i actually think the two of them have a similar feel to them in terms of them their adult sort of themes and it's something that i think dreamworks when they get the right people behind a project can really achieve something very big like spirit i have a lot of time for for the reasons you stated you know it it tackled something that i think is unique uh, among its peers at that time you know as you say not much dialogue it really shows something that I think has a lot of statement. And Ants, I think, has a similar thing too. You know, it has a lot of statement for what it was trying to achieve. Um, I have a lot of time for that film. So it's a really good one to bring up. And it's one that I think actually gets forgotten about in its catalogue. I think DreamWorks has a lot of films like Madagascar, Shark Tale, people bring up, Shrek. But Spirit is coming out around about the same time in 2002. And people kind of forget about it because of the big successes around it. I think also, though, I mean, in the early noughties, their output was actually quite um, prodigious, wasn't it? They had it was. a fair volume in the early noughties. And it, I think Spirit 
whilst it was very good because it was different i think that's mm. that's why it was good yeah it, it didn't do well at the box office but it, got, it kind so. of got yeah it came out between shrek and sinbad legend of the seven seas and shrek 2 mm-hmm. I, I think where it came I mean, out that, those two films kind of get forgotten about i think yeah. Yeah, I think it was just timing, really, wasn't it? That it mm-hmm. that meant that it wasn't as big a success as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I know, I completely yeah, also, agree. Yeah, and and also, you know, just just the style might not have appealed to like audiences, you know. And I think I and it, again, it, it like both of those coming out like after Shrek maybe was a bit of a um uh, like it, it was probably just a sign to DreamWorks that like Shrek was where they should. was the thing that they should keep on doing and in terms of like you know trying to continue that success um again shark tale kind of feels like an attempt at doing something similar but it just didn't work nearly as well but Mm -hmm, one mm -hmm. one of the better attempts probably was the madagascar series actually Mm. um because like it took it took kind of like certain basic elements of the shrek formula but told did tell its own story and you know, kind of like like one of the things I so I rewatched. So I saw Madagascar when I was a kid, and bits of the second one when I was a kid too. But um, rewatching it, all three of them, it is surprising that there is actually an overarching story mm. across all three films. Because like you know, because like you know, you'd you'd think that they would sort of just be content to make it just a throwaway one-off film. You know, just like just to kind of entertain the kids, and that's it. But there was actual effort put into you know creating a narrative and you know, maybe taking a risk and ending the first one with that line about how, which is kind of a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Madagascar, but, you know, anybody, like, the film ends basically by saying, yeah, they're not off this island yet. So that alone sets up a sequel, and then you have the third one as well, which kind of concludes it as well. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's definitely a good one. Do you you enjoy it, Brian? Yeah, I like Madagascar. Uh, I liked all three, but I think it, in some ways, it was quite patchy. Madagascar one was great. Mm. I think the second film strays into Lion King territory a bit too much for my liking. Kind of, kind of, sort of. It it kind of goes where Lion King's already been, because Mm. they're in Africa by that point, or mainland Mm. Africa. Uh, uh, The third Madagascar film I, I liked a lot mm. more because that was in Monte yeah. Carlo. That was the time with the circus, uh, but <laughs> but very inventive, very very creative. Um, but as I say, I think the the second film represented a bit of a dip for me um, because because That's of interesting. that. Interesting. Because of, because of Lion King. I don't know whether you guys th- thought it, but when I, I, I know. Think, yeah, is that it is kind of redoing what Lion King did, and maybe that was a little bit of a cop out, perhaps. In the in the overall narrative that was developing, as Rob says, through through the three films. Yeah, I mean, I I quite enjoyed Madagascar. It's weird, like it's not one actually in my mind that sticks out for me in terms of their catalogue, uh, which I know you know some people really enjoy Madagascar and it is really good. But I kind of agree with you with the second one. I, I enjoyed the first one a lot. The second one, I kind of was like, this is fine. Like I didn't hate it nor did i love it third one i was less invested in because of the second one being a bit weak for me but it definitely ends stronger um that's interesting so 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 personally speaking uh so what i would say is like upon rewatching madagascar like it was the first one i mean it was definitely it was an it was kind of cool to like have the memories of like you know when i was watching it when i was younger and there were and there were definitely like good parts of it like i really liked you know the marty and alex relationship that they kind of that was the core of the film and some other stuff but overall i found it to be fairly average and just sort of lightweight you know like it was just it it was serviceable but it wasn't like anything special in my opinion it was more just it was fun and that was kind of it and weirdly enough i thought i actually thought that the second one was better i actually liked the Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The second one, the most of the three films. And I think the reason why that is is just because they kind of, like, yes, it is Lion King-ish, but I felt that with that one, they were kind of content to maybe take it a bit more seriously, you know, and actually try and, like, kind of, like, give, like, like, like not just redo the first film, but put each character on, like, a specific arc of some kind that you know that did make for some like fairly compelling stuff you know like the stuff with alex returning to his tribe uh the stuff with like you know marty finding out that there's a bunch of zebras who look and talk like him or even the developing romance between gloria and melman you know it was kind of like like that combined with a few other aspects to me made for a more engaging film i mean i will say this about madagascar too it did have too much going on like it did have a few too many storylines but at the same time, I just felt that that made for, I, I don't know, it, it could have just been enjoyment, but I do feel like quality-wise, it was a step up from the original film. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the beauty of uh, this discussion, because we're going to find that we don't sit on the same pages with all of these ones. Like, it, I think because they have such a diverse catalogue, you are going to find that people are going to be like, oh, I, I didn't quite sit with me with that one. You make a persuasive uh, discussion on it, and it might be one that to rewatch with how you're describing it in mind. Because it was one that when I watched it, I just was a bit like, kind of more like yourself, Brian, where I was just kind of like, this is fine. It's nothing that I was like amazed by. Certainly it's got good character development in it and for everybody who's in the film. But it was just one that I was not as invested in. And by the third one, I just didn't click with it as much. And it kind of just went by. It may also be, and it kind of would lead me to my my next uh, thing I was going to ask both of you. It may be because, you know, a lot of the time these films are coming out similar times or around the same year, year apart to films that stand out in my mind a lot more with Pixar. You know, with ones that kind of stand out in the catalogue for uh, DreamWorks, we've discussed quite a bit with Shrek. You know, Madagascar's one for there. Uh, with How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda. But there's a there's a catalogue of films that come around out around a year from the DreamWorks films, which stand out massively in my mind. In 2001, we had Monsters, Inc. Then we have Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. And they went on a run of films that would just really stand out, which were coming out around about the same time as films that we've mentioned, you know, like Madagascar, um, you know, uh, Over the Hedge is one that actually came out at a similar time, which I completely forget about mm. until I watch it again. And it, it's it's interesting comparing those those two companies together. It's what we touched upon at the beginning, as you said, Brian, mm. with them having almost like a rivalry. But do we feel like things like Spirit or films like, you know, the Madagascars, is it something that we kind of forget about because of Pixar's releasing alongside a similar time period? Well, I don't really compare the two companies in my mind. Um, I don't really think that they're that. I, I know that they kind of are and I know that they're kind of dueling, but I don't really think that they're that connected. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't forget about like Madagascar or anything like that, but I agree. It, I mean, I agree. It's. It's it's more just that like again in the two thousands Pixar had like such a good run of films mm. that like that they kind of just naturally kind of have have like a lot of them have earned their statuses you know deserve statuses like classics so as a result they'll be the ones that will be talked about for a longer period of time like like to be honest like dreamworks went through that phrase where they were kind of more the meme studio mm. than like considered a great studio like you know like it was it's like you know internet culture is like they picked up stuff like shrek they picked up stuff like you know like like b movie especially and a lot of other stuff that like were more just the target for memes and jokes and i think like it was more it, it, like how to turn your dragon for a certain point was the one that was considered the most like serious and untouchable i feel mm. but i think people have like come back and actually looked a lot more favorably upon 
a lot of the DreamWorks catalogue. Like, I do feel like a lot of the films do fall into that status more of cult films, mm. ironically enough. Like, they're mainstream animated films, but they fall... A lot of them do fall under the category of being cult, more so mm-hmm. than major, mass-appealing, successful. Like, to give you an example, you know, like, there are certain DreamWorks films that weren't that re- well-regarded back in the day, but are seeing a bit of a resurgence. Like, even within the successful series that they had, you know, Trek Forever After, that wasn't that well-received at the time, but there were a lot of people who have actually come back to it and are saying, like, oh, that fit, that wasn't so bad. In some ways, they're saying, oh, this is the true, like, Shrek free, you know. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think it's, it's an in- interesting comparison, isn't it? I think the Pixar films that you, you mentioned just now, mm. I, I think they kind of shine, don't they? They've got that kind mm-hmm. of... Um, gloss about them they've got a very high profile now i don't know whether that's simply the films themselves rising to the top or whether it's a more effective marketing uh angle there they mm. they've got but I, I think you know rob touched touched on it there made a good point about DreamWorks films dreamworks films having more of a cult status um and i, I think that is that is kind of where, where it kind of sits it's just that pixar films some pixar films have a massive profile mm. uh, compared to um compared to dreamworks and i'm not really sure what the reason for that is but mm-hmm. you know so yeah I, I think there's a lot of truth in that mm. i i think that's true i think they are weirdly both linked and not linked um um it's it's a strange one um with them because i I see what rob you're saying there with say them being very different um because they do it seems like dreamworks does just have such a bigger catalog of films that are very diverse from the next and they don't seem to be as like exactly the same over and over and over again whereas pixar has a very small sort of like franchise catalog which they've ended up doing quite few repeats of Whereas even like, so the most prolific of DreamWorks' films being Shrek, they have a shorter amount of films in them as like Toy Story, which is their most prolific, you know, franchise for Pixar. Um, They are just in my head, and perhaps it's just because of the, the background between the two of them. In my head, I see them as very linked due to them being like from, say, a background where you've got somebody who's left that studio to then go off and make their own and it feels almost very directly like we're doing our thing that's going to compete with disney and at the beginning of the the podcast i mentioned that you know it's been quite diversive and it's nice to see i guess the three of us have a similar perspective on on uh, dreamworks but to play devil's advocate, I had uh, a discussion with a very close friend of mine who studied film and, and film animation and talked about how they really didn't like DreamWorks. They had a very few films that they could pick out, which we've mentioned, mm. but they talked about the plethora of films in their catalogue that they were like, this is a film that I just think is trash and disposable animation, which is just not good. Mm. And they said, like, they pointed out B-Movie, which I was like, that's a bit harsh. I didn't think that was that I bad. I thought it was okay, actually, B-Movie. Yeah, I thought it was okay, was but right. he, he did not like it at all. He didn't like the Puss in Boots spin-off. He thought that, you know, the Crudes was completely disposable, Turbo. And his argument for it was that they don't really, and it kind of links back to ha- perhaps what we're talking about, Shark Tale, but he felt that they didn't really have a, a story that had much significant impact. I will say, with an asterisk, though, this person does love Pixar with a passion. Yeah. So that might be why. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit harsh to call to call it trash. I think that's mm. a bit over the top, to be honest. Mm. I mean, we've yeah. all got opinions, haven't we? But mm. I think Pixar tends to play safe a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think Dream. This is where I like DreamWorks. You know, you're looking at their canon of work. I mean, they're willing to try it, try different things out. And the fact that they there are fewer franchises within their catalogue than Pixar, I think, gives mm. in my mind is to their credit because they mm. will try. They won't constantly recycle the same idea. I see why they why they they went that way with Shrek and with Madagascar, but at least they thought right. We've done this. Let's you know when you have something that works, 
what you should really do from a creative point of view is to break that mold because it's too safe. Mm. And it seems to me that's what DreamWorks have done more often than Pixar have done. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I agree. Like they, they, they don't necessarily have like a recognizable like narrative formula that like, you know, you can be like, oh, it's a DreamWorks film, so it will be this, you know. Um that's that that might have been how it used to be, but currently that's not how it is. Um yeah, and and even on like the the, the, the and, and the last thing I just want to say about like the whole like DreamWorks versus Pixar thing is that mm. like they have kind of is that they have actually beaten Pixar on a few occasions. Like to give mm. an example um, in the same year that Cars 2 came out, Kung Fu Panda 2 and Puss in Boots came out, and both mm. of them completely kicked Cars 2 to the curb in, like, box office and in critical reception. I think and in quality as well. I think yeah, 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 yeah. And even, and, you know, stuff like, like How to Train Your Dragon 2 came out in 2014, and there wasn't a Pixar film that year. So, although, like, yeah, you can look at, certain Pixar films and be like, that's a lot better than most of DreamWorks' output. There are instances where DreamWorks has won, you know, where they have, like, if you want to deem it to be a competition, there are instances where they've won during a year or maybe, I don't know, I would say even in regards to sequels, that a lot of Mm. the DreamWorks sequels are better than many than than a few of the pixar sequels not all of them but a few of them i would actually strongly agree with you there i think there's the sequels i mean forgetting the third um shrek because i do think that is a real drop in quality a lot of the sequels that they make i feel almost feel a bit more uh thought of than the pixar ones like the pixar ones seem sometimes just to be like kind of what you were saying before brian with them Mm. like doing loads of of franchises of their films that they've made i sometimes feel and i don't want to go too much into it because obviously we do have a pixar uh, podcast coming up in the future and with this isn't about pixar but they are linked due to their how dreamworks was started um i sometimes feel that pixar has lost some originality and some like ideas and i think looking at you know dreamworks even though I'm not massively fond of some of the output they've had recently, you know, I don't think like Abominable is a like outstanding film, but it's still a fun film that's quite original, I feel. And, you know, they've done sequels to Trolls and The Crows recently or Crudes. And I still think they're more sincere than perhaps some of the Pixar projects. Um, so yeah, I do agree with you, Robert. I think the the sequels that they they make are actually a bit better than the Pixar ones. Um, yeah, and also like another thing to say as well is that I feel like a lot of the the the, the DreamWorks sequels kind of like they kind of give you uh, like both what you'd expect, but also what you secretly would have wanted. Like to mm. give an example in Shrek Two, it's like. They get they kind of they 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 sort of do a similar plot line to what they did in the first film, only they kind of switch it to where Shrek is the one who is torn between like being human and being an ogre. But it's like it's the kind of conflict that just kind of naturally makes sense and mm. is in some ways the perfect continuation of his like total insecurity in the first mm-hmm. film. Um, or like even in Kung Fu Panda Two, like my fa- my favorite element of Kung Fu Panda Two. And the reason why it's partially my favorite element is because this is the thing that I came out the first one wanting to see was the whole Poe and Tigress relationship. Mm-hmm. Because in the first film, like what they did very well was they set up, they actually fleshed out the Tigress character quite a bit. And they kind of set her up as kind of not liking Poe, kind of resenting him. And then you had that final scene of her, like, you know, calling him master when he revealed himself to actually be worthy of the title of the Dragon Warrior. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I came out of that film wanting was to see that actually become a friendship and not only did it become a friendship, but it became like, I would say one of the like key central, like main relationships of the film, like Poe's whole character journey in that film was really good. But the stuff with him in Tigress, I feel is kind of the icing on the cake mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of emotion and just in terms of like character development for both of them. Yeah. It, it, they do have, I think just a, 
better way, particularly Shrek 2 there, and also for me, How to Train Your Dragon 2. They just seem to have a very good way to follow up their films, whereas I feel some of those Pixar ones haven't been like that. Is there any in your mind, Brian, that stand out in terms of their sequel or franchises that you really... Because I know you love Shark Tale. I know that's yeah, your... I know, I know. Like, Tell you're well, screaming for a Shark Tale well, 2, Shark I know. Tale but... 2, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're screaming out for yeah, it. I know. I, unfortunately, I, I, it's not coming. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, is it? Are you telling me it's not going to happen? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to really? break it to you, but oh, it's no. it's not. I, I'm looking at their projects and it's not there, you know? <laughs> uh, I think really with, with, with DreamWorks sequels, but I think um, I think with Shrek, they should have stopped at two, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think really. two is great. Um, but I, I think How to Train Your Dragon uh, mm-hmm. The sequels mm-hmm. were good, and also Madagascar. Even mm. though, I, even though I feel feel the narrative is slightly patchy on, on the second mm. one, um, there was a nice sort of uh, there was a nice sort of flow about Madagascar as well, and mm. I, you could feel the characters developing more, particularly Alex the lion. Here's um, here's a question for you then, uh, for both of you, but Brian, if you pick up on it, we've mm. talking about. Uh, your longing for a Shark Tale yeah. sequel. Um, what actually would you want it? Because I'm assuming we don't want that, but uh, or at least perhaps me and Robert don't want that. Uh, what would you actually want to see their like push into in the future? Because I've got their their uh, their new projects in front of them. There's again with a lot of their projects. There's a lot of new stuff coming out, which is great to see. There's a lot of completely original projects that aren't related to previous franchises. But is there anything that we'd want them to pick up in terms of franchises? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, mm. I mean, I'm just looking at the upcoming films they've got here. Um, mm-hmm. There's one in development which Robert, you might be interested by, and I'm sure you're aware of it. But they, they are thinking they are doing a uh, spirit sequel. Oh, are they? Oh, well, yeah. I, well, a spirit like like an official one or like a what? Like because well they well they released Spirit Untamed mm. last weekend didn't they or or, the, or this weekend didn't they It's this weekend they've released it It's Spirit yeah. Untamed and but, 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 uh, I haven't seen oh, it yet Oh okay yeah well well well, well they already made it and it's not mm. I, I I wouldn't consider that to be an official one because it's not it's mm. not like a continuation of the first film It's just like a spin off of that TV show Have, have you seen it No no I I, I I heard it wasn't that great anyway Oh okay that's a shame because I feel of all their projects that they did, I would actually really want to see that sort of like narrative expanded as you were explaining when we were talking about spirit. I feel spirit has the potential to actually expand out into a bigger story. Um, And that's a shame. It's a real shame that that's the case because I I, I saw that on the list of things they've released recently and it coming out and I was like, Oh great. That's that's something of unique that they, of their franchises that I would have actually liked to have seen. And it's a shame that it's, it's not being received very well. Um, yeah, but yeah. again, you know, it's like I, I, I you, you know, they like they did expand it by doing that TV show, and this is a spin-off mm. of that TV show. But like, you know, but even then, it's not like I don't think that TV show was like an actual no like no, version of the film. It, it is not an actual like no, it's not really related to the first one. It's just no, it's not. Is it too school spirit? Yeah, so, go ahead, bro. Sorry, Rob. Um, is it too long after the first one though? Is that a problem? I mean, um, it's been. Re- I mean, the what fact- do you think? What do you think, Robert? Do you think it's too long to do a sequel to Spirit? Yeah, pro- I, I, I don't know. I mean, you could. Well, well, in in order to be like timely, you'd have to rush one into production, you know, and that probably wouldn't mm. be a good idea, you know. Mm-hmm. It, as in, but by timely, I mean to release on like the twentieth anniversary of it, you know, next year. Mm. But you know, but but I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't say. I mean, I don't think like Spirit needed a sequel or anything, you know, because mm. it, 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 it's a perfectly good standalone film for me. Um, in terms of the actual, what I don't, know, I, I can't really think of that many Pixar films. Uh, no, I mean, sorry, DreamWorks films. Mm-hmm. I think would need a sequel. I mean, I do feel like it would be cool if maybe they did a sequel to one that turned out to be just as good as a lot of their other sequels. You know, because mm. there are some instances where it's like, you know, you would have seen the first one. And you would have liked it, but then you see the second one and you're just like, wow, this is even better than the first, you know, mm-hmm. but that would have to be in order for that to be the case, you know, they'd have to release like a really, really uh, great one, mm-hmm. a really great first film that they could then like build off of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a bit in terms of any original films that I'd like to see, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would just say something that's up to the quality of How to Drain Your Dragon or Kung Fu Panda. I, I would mm-hmm. say that. Like, like I don't, I don't really care what they do. Just as long as it's, if it's really, really good, mm-hmm. then you know, yeah, I'll be. 
I see. I see. They got a Shrek Five in development. I was about to say they've got a Shrek really? Five on the Honestly, way. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So mm. like, yeah. Which is well, well, that's been in like development hell for a long time. I mean, oh. I, I mean, well, that's actually one that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing that. I wouldn't actually oh, really? mind it, and I think the reason oh. why I wouldn't mind it is because I wouldn't really mind. I, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of like seeing Shrek and Fiona as like old ogres you know just the idea of seeing them as elderly people i just mm. like that i don't know why i just i kind of like that concept of maybe seeing shrek's children grow up but that's more that's more of a kind of fan fictiony idea than like a <laughs> thing that would sustain a full film so i don't yeah. yeah i don't know i think i feel like perhaps that story's over you know i feel yeah. like the, the journey's done and like yeah. yeah seeing them as old ogres can be perhaps interesting or funny or enjoyable but it just feels perhaps that the the story of Shrek's a, a, a closed book for me now. Like to yeah. use their their analogy at the beginning of him to reading the story, it just mm. feels like that's forever after it's done. Mm. And to go yeah, back yeah. adds an element of losing originality that we've all said in the podcast we enjoy from DreamWorks. I just yeah. feel perhaps it's them going back there because they feel that will make them money because they, the Shrek films have always been profitable, even the poorer ones. Even the yeah. third one made a huge amount of money. So yeah. it feels like they're rushing back there to be able to make money rather than going... Cause yeah, well, I guess... I- yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, I don't think it's—I I don't think they're actually going to do it. I just think it's all just listed as a potential thing. Um, it's interesting but- though, because Je- De- um, what's his face—the uh, who I mentioned at the building, Katzenberger—he—he he has uh, essentially in their recent like talks of the, how they're going to make money because they aren't they making as much money as they used to. They he has gone. We're going to go back to franchises and try and make franchises as a focus to get money in. So it's interesting that they are still on their development ones. There is quite a lot of original ideas there, which is good to see. But there is one in production, which is Dogman, which is a comic book series, which is clearly something they're going to be like, right, that can be a franchise because there's a there's a but there's a catalog of them to use that as a sequel machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they are setting up for another franchise there. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Really- go ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead, Robert, jump in. <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, sorry. I'm- yeah. Sorry, uh, well, we keep on interrupting each other. Go, uh, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just going to say, we're talking about sequels generally. I mean, you've really mm. got to think about the reasons why you would do it, aside from the obvious that mm. that it's that it's um, it's a rainmaker. It's going to make money, but you've got to think about the reasons why you're doing it. it what's it going to add to the sum of human knowledge? Is it going to? Uh, if it's <laughs> such a philosophical discussion. Well, <laughs> well but, but it is though, isn't it? I mean. Look, you, you want it to make money, right? And that ultimately, bottom line is, is it going to make money? Yes, make it. But otherwise, what artistic merit is it is it giving you? You know, if it's mm. not developing the characters, it's not developing the narrative. What mm. what's it achieving necessarily? You know, mm. and really, I mean, they might think that uh, by creating franchises that that they're it, they're creating a money making machine. But surely, Joe Public is going to wake up and say, "We're bored with this." At some point, aren't yeah, they? possibly. I mean, with Shrek, yeah, definitely. Robert, were you going to jump in on that? I uh, said, so, yeah. Well, well, all I was going to say as well is, I mean, I don't think they'll. I don't know if they'll do a Shrek five because you know, I mean, like in in terms of the cast, I mean, like you know, like Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers have kind of had a bit of a resurgence, but Cameron Diaz has retired, unfortunately. So I don't think I don't think they'll do another one without her. You know, although or maybe mm. they're out of retirement. You know, who knows? But. Yeah, which and and actually that, that that that's the thing I forgot to like. I, I think we forgot to mention in terms of their like you know, uh, what is it in, in terms of the like thing that they kind of ushered in, which is like in in terms of like Shrek and their other films, and you could even say Pixar kind of ushered this in as well. But in terms of like really really heavily focusing on getting like a celebrity boy a celebrity voice cast, you know, right? Like rather than like just getting voice actors, they get like famous actors that can be in their films you know mm-hmm. in, in terms of that topic what, what, i mean what, what, what do you think on that like philosophy you know i, I think uh, i think casting is becoming more and more important for uh dreamworks and for pixar because you know actors don't have a physical presence on screen so everything's got to go into the voice hasn't it mm-hmm. and yeah. i think uh casting is often overlooked it is incredibly important kung fu panda works well because jack black 
he's in that role and he makes mm-hmm. it work. And not all actors can do it as well. You know, I mean, Renny Zellweger, I, I think in B-movies, she was great uh, because she had that kind that kind of a presence that you, you can put into a character without being on screen. It's not easy to do. And I, I think I think it's the right casting is also key. You can't just rely on on the wizardry and the, the CGI and all the graphics. Uh, it's the actors that will make it work ultimately, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of like Shrek and other stuff, I mean, like like the ones that work the best are just the ones where the actor basically just becomes synonymous with the character. You know, where you can't, where you can barely even see the actor because they just inhabit the character very well. Like to give you an example, in terms of like one of the like it, it like in terms of the Madagascar films, I think the the one the that worked best was getting Chris Rock to play Marty the Zebra because he just because like because that role just feels like it was written for him and he plays it so well mm. that like he just there, there, there's just a perfect synthesis you know same same with like the Shrek films you know like 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 uh, all, like all, all three of the lead actors are just perfect for the roles because the roles and their performances and them as actors just fit so well together. Um, but then you kind of get other examples where it sort of feels like the actor is overpowering the character, where you see the actor but you can't really see the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting with the voice acting that is a crucial part of uh, animation. I do think that's been something we've seen for a long time in animation, though, with things like The Lion King. But it, we have these outstanding like actors coming in to do voice acting who aren't necessarily known as voice actors, but just are outstanding actors in their field. And I think DreamWorks and Pixar individually did a great job of doing that, bringing in these fantastic actors to join the voice role. Obviously, we it links back to the beginning and perhaps fitting because we're coming to the end of our podcast. We did, I think, an example of a film that perhaps didn't do it well in their catalogue is Shark Tale, where they have oh, that group of on. people in there. Come no, I, I think I agree with Robert <laughs> when we were talking about it's strange... They really focus in on turning these fish into looking like the celebrities yeah, well, who are in the roles. Yeah, I, and it, it, it doesn't work. And I think that's yeah. what, if we to link back to what Robert was saying there, where you get people who overpower the roles, yeah. I think that is where you're looking there. That was why I flagged up the point that they tried to make the characters look like the actors. And maybe mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. a mistake. You mm. know? So, yeah. you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I, I am prepared to be objective about it and say yeah that, that was that was a significant weak spot you know it's the greatest film of all time you know <laughs> yeah, it's, it, and, and, and and also some of the stuff that they got martin scorsese to say just hurt my soul you yeah, know was, yeah. there, there, there was like the, the final exchange between him and de niro was just the the, the de niro shark uh, was just I I I don't know I just I just found that soul crushing just seeing them get Martin Scorsese you know one of the great directors and you know actually a good actor surprisingly enough like even in Shark Tale he is actually doing very well as a voice actor surprisingly I mm. it, it, which is which is not something I expected but the problem is is that some of the dialogue that they had gave him was just so cringeworthy you yeah. know but as a fight. Yeah, yeah I think the thing, though, Robbie, is that in their position, they, they think, right, we're going to get paid a shed load of money uh, to have fun and have a giggle, which is the way it comes across. And I suppose, really, it also depends what, you know, whether you want to relate to these films on a deeper level or not, whether, you know, you want something beneath the surface a bit deeper that you want to want to plug into, or whether you just want something brash and loud that just kind of satisfies you without any kind of further thought. I like films that make you think, but sometimes films can give you a very quick fix. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think Shark Tale is like that. But I, I completely take on board what you're both saying about it. Like, mm. You know, it's, it's fair enough. Well, I don't want to end on a on a uh, talking of the diversiveness of Shark Tale, but I guess our final thoughts as a as a group is that we we enjoy the the catalogue that DreamWorks has uh, in front of them, and I guess also that we're looking forward to looking at in development that they have a lot of projects that are still very unique and very new. Although we are seeing possibly a Shrek five, I know Robert, you've said it might not be coming, and hopefully, I I mean not in a horrible way, but I hope it doesn't. You know, I don't. I hope that's something that we don't see because we are getting a Shrek uh, uh, Puss in Boots. 
uh, sequel Shrek spin-off. I'd rather them leave that universe alone. But it, it's good to see that we are seeing in their catalogue the uniqueness that we loved from them in the from the start of their films, from Ants all the way up to now. We're seeing a catalogue that is unique and they're trying things that are different and sometimes they don't work and sometimes they really do and we get those classics like How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda and also Shrek, you know, and it's great to see those in the catalogue. I guess, is there anything else you guys want to say before we sign off and thank the listeners for listening? Um, for me, I, I think uh, uh, the company itself is committed to making good films. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think other factors come into play and you know it's as Rob said earlier on in the podcast it's hit and miss as all film companies are you know some things will work some things that don't but mm-hmm. I think DreamWorks should be uh, uh, admired for trying things that are different and mm-hmm. that's what to me the performing arts are all about is being different yeah and yourself Robert Oh, uh, so for me, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't really have any like concluding statements to make, other than the fact that I kind of want them to like, you know, mate, I, I, I want to see another one that does become like a classic because I can't really think of any in recent years that kind of have been, you know, like in the in the last bit of the decade and even upcoming. But like, it'll be cool when they like find another one that ends up being a really great film and really and great for like years to come, you know. Perfect. Yeah, no, great. I, I agree. I think that is what I'm looking forward to with them. I think it is the fact that we have on the horizon, perhaps, projects, because no matter the bad ones that we get there or the lesser known ones or the duds, there is always a classics with DreamWorks that do stand out. And I think they have some extraordinarily high highs in their catalogue. And that's what's great about them. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I'm really glad uh, we all agree on this one, bar- barring Shark Tale. <laughs> okay. um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but thank you for listening, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you here with us. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having you along another time and talking about other films and projects, maybe a Pixar one in the future down the pipeline, which we're really looking forward to having you on. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening and take care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. 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 If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.